If you have a true scary story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to send it my way. Also, consider rating this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, as it does help. And of course, thank you. I've been reading the stories here for quite some time, and I finally decided to share my own bizarre and unsettling experience. Even now, years later, I can't fully explain what happened that day. Maybe someone out there will have experienced something similar, or will have an explanation beyond, it was a weird thing that happened, or it was just a glitch in the Matrix. But who knows. This glitch occurred during my sophomore year of college. At the time, I was living in an old, somewhat run-down dormitory with a reputation for being haunted. While I've never been a firm believer in the paranormal, I couldn't deny that the building did have a strange and eerie atmosphere. The narrow hallways were always dimly lit, the floorboards creaked, and it often felt like someone was watching you when you walked down the hall or into the stairwell. One day, I needed to go to the library to get a book for an upcoming assignment. I was needing to get it done pretty quickly, and the library was located in another building. So I had to go downstairs to get to the entrance. I had used these stairs many times before, and they were nothing out of the ordinary, just a typical old winding staircase that connected the dormitory to the ground floor and there weren't a ton of floors in this building either. As I began my descent, I noticed that the staircase seemed to be a lot darker than usual. I figured that maybe some of the lights had burnt out or something, and I made a mental note to call it in to the maintenance staff. However, as I continued down the stairs, I began to feel a growing sense of unease. It was like the darkness seemed to always be at the bottom of the stairs as I went down. Like, no matter how much I went down, I wasn't getting closer to it. I tried to shake it off and get to the bottom, and then it just started feeling weirder and weirder. The more I kept going down, the more it felt like I wasn't making any progress at all. Like, the stairs just kept going and going. Like I said, there weren't that many floors in the building and I wasn't even at the top level, so I knew for a fact that I had gone down way too many flights of stairs at this point. I was honestly starting to freak out. How was I still several floors from the bottom after having gone down numerous flights? My heart was starting to race, and I was feeling like I was trapped or something. I know that that defies logic, but it honestly felt like I was never going to get to the bottom of the stairwell. The only conclusion that I could come to was, this is a glitch. This is something not working right in our simulation. I stopped on the stairs where I was, as I was about to descend. I took a deep breath, closed my eyes, and said out loud, I will get to the bottom. This is just a glitch. After a few moments of breathing and staring at the back of my eyelids, I opened my eyes and started back down the flight of stairs. Much to my surprise, everything was back to normal, 
I went down the few flights, and I was at the bottom. I got to the bottom and went out into the common area, and everything from there was honestly normal. I got my book, got back in, and I got back to my room without incident. I was, and am, still shaken by this whole thing. It was disorienting, and just really weird. Thankfully, I was able to focus my mind and get things back to normal, but that is a big question that I have about this. Did I somehow manifest the staircase back to normal? Did my words actually change the simulation and make this whole thing end? It was freaky, but if that's what happened, well, I have to admit that it was kind of cool. Thankfully, nothing like this has happened since, and it's just a really weird memory that I will always keep with me. Something happened a few years back that I can't shake. And I would really love some kind of explanation as to what the hell happened as it has played on my mind ever since. Let me just clarify before I start that I am completely sound of mind, and I just want some closure, I guess. So, here it goes. I have always been into the paranormal. As a kid, I was completely fascinated by it, and I found over the years the more open to it you are, the more downright bizarre some of the stuff you experience is. This tops my list of weird experiences. This happened about seven years ago. My sister came to my flat one night after work. She finished work at 17.30. To spend a bit of time with me, as we had both been working like crazy and hadn't had the time to catch up. It was just the two of us, and she suggested having a game of cards with our coffees something we've always done since we were kids. It's a favorite pastime in our house. And once I had gotten the cards out and started shuffling them, she asked me to look at the time on my phone as she had to work the next morning at 7am and needed to be home for a reasonable time. She'd lost her phone on a night out a few days prior. I told her that it was 18.10 in the evening, and she replied, Okay, well, I'll have to be getting off around 20.45 to get my uniform washed and dried, so keep an eye on the time for me. I agreed, and we started playing a bit of rummy to start with. Now, we weren't drinking alcohol or taking drugs. We were just having a relaxed game of cards chatting about guys and work. The usual stuff, I suppose. Everything was normal. We played cards for what felt like two hours easy. I mean, you can't mistake that length of time when you have had about 16 to 18 hands of rummy, and we were in the early stages of playing a game of poker, having gotten bored with the other game. Out of nowhere, I remember having the weirdest feeling come over me. Like, the light in the room dimmed, and I distinctly felt an electrical crackle start in the bottom of my spine and shoot all the way up to my skull. I physically jolted upright. The sensation was so intense. I looked at her, and she was looking at me all wide-eyed and silent like she knew something was up. I blurted out, Something is wrong. Really, 
very wrong. Without blinking or reacting in any other way, she just says to me, Look at the time. Which I thought was the weirdest response. I picked up my phone, looked at the time, and there was a mixture of shock and dread that crept over me. That can't be right. It's not possible. I mumbled out loud. My phone must have glitched out or something. Getting up to turn the telly on to see what the time was on there, she's looking at me like what the hell is going on. What is it? What time is it? She asked again. I just repeat that it can't be right, and as I switch the telly on, the time flashes up in the corner of the screen. It said, 1829. She sees it and is now just as freaked out as I am. That can't be right. Did your phone say the same time? I showed her the screen. I pull out a laptop to check the time and even got a watch out of my drawer to see if they all matched, and sure enough, they did. There was no possible way that we had been sat playing cards for just 20 minutes. I asked her how long she thought we had been sitting there, and she said for at least a couple of hours, like myself. We just sat there in a bit of a fog like what on earth just happened. We tried to discuss it, but we couldn't make any sense of it. To be honest, it felt uncomfortable. Even to this day, to talk about it does not feel right. She breaks the silence with a joke, something like, Oh, at least I have another couple of hours to chill with you. We just tried to forget about it. I was just wondering if anyone had any ideas as to what this was. This happened to me yesterday afternoon, and I've been trying to find people with similar experiences or explanations to what happened. A disclaimer before you read. I appreciate all viewpoints and theories to this experience, but please do be kind. I've been accused of having mental illness or lying in very mean ways. I'm a 19-year-old girl, and I never post on Reddit because I'm shy, and I don't want to read mean things about myself. Also, I'm a mental health nursing student, and we have to have multiple appointments from occupational therapists to see if we're fit for the role. My last appointment was on Tuesday. I got the all clear. I've been doing this for a year, and I've never had any hallucinations, except possibly the bird, which I'll explain later, and I have no history of mental illness. It's also a very observed course, and if my lecturers, classmates, or therapists thought I had any issues whatsoever, I would be assessed and helped as necessary. So, whilst I appreciate that this may have been a micro-dream or a hallucination, I do not accept or agree with accusations of being delusional, per se. It's sad that I've had to put a disclaimer, but... It seems as though some people don't realize how words can affect other people. Please just remember that kindness goes a long way nowadays, more than ever. Sorry for the rambling. Here goes. I go to university, and I'm on campus three days a week. I do healthcare, so I'm in a specific building 95% of the time. It's very old, 
built in the 1800s, and it gives me the creeps. Today I was in the same room for three and a half hours, two different lectures. I've never been in this room before. I sat in the same seat the entire time, on the far left side of the room next to a bare wall. The whole right side of the room had windows looking out over the campus. I got distracted, as one does during a lecture, and I looked outside. I saw a tall, white concrete building. It must have been ten stories tall, with absolutely no windows. On top was a large box with wires around it. Though I wasn't creeped out by this, I did think to myself that it was odd how I'd never seen this building on campus, as it was fairly close to the building that I was in. To the left were two normal-looking buildings, both with windows and no giant box on top. After my first lecture finished, the teacher swapped over. We joked with our new teacher about being in a different building for our next semester, as ours was cold and creepy. The building we wanted to be in was about a two-minute walk away. To that, my lecturer replied, It's only over there after someone had complained about it being too far away to move to. She pointed out the window in the direction of the odd building I had seen earlier. It was completely gone, and replaced by what looked like an old clock tower. At first, I just thought that I must have leaned to the left or right earlier when looking out the window, so I checked again, moving all around my seat to try and see the white building again. It was gone. I immediately felt spooked. The trees that were in front of the building that I saw were still there. The two buildings to the left were still there. But no white building. I didn't say anything to my friends at the time, but when the lecture ended, I did a double take and actually went over to the window to look. No building. At all. I later told one of my friends, and she joked that I must have just been seeing things, or shifted dimensions. I laughed it off, but I was, and still am, extremely unsettled, and I have no idea why I feel so off about it, seeing as it doesn't seem like a big deal. I've had an experience in the past with seeing a pigeon disappear whilst flying in open air, but this was before the Glitch in the Matrix talk was around like it is now, so I just put it down to being my head imagining things. Does anyone have any ideas? Was it a time slip or a glitch? I definitely don't have hallucinations, and I was looking at the white building for long enough to know that it was there. I've googled my campus to see if there is any building that looks similar near where I learn, but there's absolutely none. I found the two buildings to the left and the clock tower, though. I know it might not seem believable, but it's what I saw. Any conspiracies as to what happened are greatly appreciated. This story is a bit long, but to this day... I cannot figure out what happened in the fall of 2019. I live in Vermont, and my partner at the time decided to go down to Kentucky to visit their family for the weekend. 
I thought this would be a good opportunity to visit friends in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, since there were a few events going on at the time that I really wanted to go to. If you're familiar with New England, you would know that driving from state to state can be done in a day because the states are pretty small. This information will be relevant. My road trip started out like any other. I headed out knowing I had about a two-hour drive to my friend's house in Massachusetts. I had plenty of snacks, a full tank of gas, and I was excited. I'd been to their house before, so I had an idea of time and where I was headed. But I still used a GPS, of course. Now, because I was traveling alone, it felt weird. I hardly ever went anywhere by myself because I'm a small female, and I usually make sure I have someone with me. But I thought that this would be fine since I was meeting up with friends anyways. And luckily enough, I get to my destination unscathed. The next morning, we were all rushing around, getting ready for the events that we were headed to. I told them I would be taking my car since I would be headed back to Vermont at some point later that day. We made it to our event, which I had to use GPS, and everything went fine. Until we went for lunch. There was about 15 of us, and we all decided to go to Taco Bell to eat. We had about two hours to kill before the next event that was at a library. Taco Bell was only one town over. I put the location in my phone for the GPS, and I left alone while everyone else carpooled. Now this is where things started to get weird. The GPS took me to Taco Bell. In fact, it was only about ten minutes away. But as I pulled in there, there was nobody there. I thought maybe I was just faster than everyone else, so I decided to park and wait a few minutes to see if anyone else was going to pull in. But after fifteen minutes, no one ever did. I looked at my phone and checked it to see if there was another Taco Bell nearby, and there wasn't. I thought maybe they all changed their minds, so I went through the drive through and grabbed some food and headed to the library. The weird part was that I barely made it on time, even though the library was only about 15 minutes away. How did I lose that much time? I should have had at least an hour to spare. I also want to mention that I am a stickler about time. I'm almost never late to anything. I get to the library and everyone asks where I went. I told them I was at Taco Bell, and that they should have texted me to let me know they didn't want to go. But they all looked at me confused. My friend held up her Taco Bell cup and said that they went straight over there. I showed them the one that I went to, and they all agreed that that was the one. I shrugged it off and thought maybe I had just missed them. The business of the event of the library distracted us, so I just let it go. I had one more stop to see a friend right outside of Boston, which meant that my drive home would be around four hours. I had done the drive plenty of times before. We had an early dinner, and I was in my car around 7pm, and the GPS gave me an ETA of about 11pm which was perfect. But as I started to drive it, it started to reroute me, which was very odd. I wasn't in Boston. I was outside of all the tunnels or anywhere that it would act weird. I kept driving and it finally fixed itself. 
I checked the ETA, and it was at about midnight at this point, even though I had only driven about 15 minutes. I didn't think anything of it, so I just kept going. After about 30 minutes of driving, I noticed I was in New Hampshire already, on a very dark road. I had my music blaring, so I wasn't really paying attention to where I was headed. I called my partner right away and told them that something was off. I was going about 40 miles per hour, and then noticed a vehicle turn out of a building with its lights on. I panicked and started to speed up. My partner stayed on the phone with me. After about 30 seconds, blue lights were flashing behind me, which were the only lights I could see on this road. I pull over and tell my partner that I'm getting pulled over. My heart's about to jump out of my chest at this point. The police officer comes to my window, explains to me that he pulled me over for speeding. I told him that he scared the hell out of me. He then asked where I was coming from and where I was headed. I told him the city that I was in, which was right outside of Boston, and that I was headed home to Vermont. His entire body shifted and his expression became confused. How did you end up on this road? I pointed to my GPS and I explained how it got a little weird, but I had no choice but to follow it. I then looked at the GPS and my ETA was now 3 a.m. He then let me go without a ticket and said to not stop or pull over until I got home, and that a woman like me shouldn't be traveling alone like this. His last sentence sent chills down my spine. He then told me to go to the next stop sign and make a right and then a left at the next light, which should put me on the highway. He then got in his car and drove away in the opposite direction. I hung up with my partner so that I could concentrate on driving and, somehow, I ended up on a weird road again. The same cop appeared and waved me in the right direction. Finally on the highway, I looked at my ETA and it was at 2am now, which was still two hours later than it should have been. Plus, I was still shaking from that whole experience. I've done this road trip plenty of times. How did I end up on some strange road that made me lose hours of my time? How did I lose time when I was at the Taco Bell and not see anybody? All I know is that I could not have been happier to get home that night. Hi Raven. I've debated submitting this story for a really long time, mainly because I feel a bit self-conscious about it being too insignificant of an experience or one that is too easily explained away with logic to even warrant writing it out. But the more that I listen to your videos, the more I question what I actually experienced and whether it was something more than what I previously told myself. And then I think about how many other people might have small, insignificant stories like this that never get accounted for because they also explain it away or assume that no one else will care. So, here I am. The event itself is quite short, and I'm not sure whether it should be categorized as a glitch in the Matrix, time travel, or otherwise just an unusual, unexplainable experience. But I do hope that anyone listening enjoys it and might be willing to share their opinion on what happened that night. I used to live in New York City, 
from 2013 to 2021. I can't remember exactly when this took place, but it was most likely during winter of 2015. Any East Coasters who have traveled by bus to or from NYC will probably know about Megabus. For those who don't, it's just one of those budget interstate bus companies that generally sucks. Despite its extremely unreliable service, my friends and I used Megabus frequently throughout college. Before, we grew up and finally had the money to splurge on taking the Amtrak trains instead. On the night that this story takes place, I was waiting at the Megabus bus stop for one of my friends who was visiting me from out of state. I say bus stop, but at the time, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's still like this in 2023, anyone taking a Megabus into NYC was simply dropped off around 28th Street and 7th Avenue, which is outside of a college building and not at all any sort of formal bus stop. So, all in all, this was just a normal, busy city intersection, surrounded by all the normal city establishments and lots of people walking by at nearly all hours. I was passing time while waiting for my friend's bus to get in by standing against the side of the college building and just scrolling on my phone, when I noticed out of my periphery that someone had walked up to me. Pass judgment all you want about rude New Yorkers, but... I learned pretty quickly that it's safer to ignore other people on most occasions, especially as a young woman. So that's exactly what I was doing as this man walked up to me, until after a moment I heard him say, Excuse me, what is that? I looked up to see the guy pointing down at my hands, where I was holding my iPhone 5S. Keep in mind that this is 2015, so while iPhones weren't as ingrained in American culture as they are now, they were still the phone that most people had. They'd been in production for at least seven years by that point, and something like 700 million iPhones had already been sold worldwide. iPhones and other smartphones were already a constant topic in media, so anyone who had used the internet, watched TV or movies read the news, or saw or heard or read basically anything modern in the last seven years, would have no doubt at least known about their existence. So cue my confusion at being asked, what is that, about my iPhone. In my stupor, I replied with something like, um, you mean my phone? But I thought that maybe he was asking which iPhone model it was or something. No. This guy's face lit up as he said, yes. Do you know where I can get one? Coincidentally, we were standing directly across the street from a T-Mobile store that was fully in view. I just Google Maps it and it's still there. I wasn't sure whether he was making a joke or not, but by this point, I was in such a confused daze that I simply pointed to the T-Mobile store on the opposite street corner. Again, this man's face lit up. And I mean he looked genuinely relieved and excited. It was like I was an NPC in a game that he was using to fish clues out of for a side quest. He thanked me before turning around and running off, and our interaction ended as suddenly as it began. I remember thinking at that time that I was being pranked, and that I would hear him laughing with friends or maybe see a camera crew, but to my surprise, my eyes followed him as he crossed the street and seriously walked into the T-Mobile store without hesitation. 
I don't remember how long I stood there afterwards before my friend's bus finally arrived, but I kept my eyes on the T-Mobile store and never once saw the guy come back out. If he was just pranking me, why stay in the store for so long? And if he was loitering inside, I'm positive the workers would have asked him to leave, right? I didn't get a great look at the guy because of how dark it was at that corner, but I don't remember there being anything notable about him. He didn't speak with an accent. He seemed completely coherent. His appearance was generally clean and passable in style for the time, and he carried himself like he was used to being in a city. I even remember he crossed in the middle of the street instead of at a crosswalk. Overall, he seemed like any average 20 or 30-something white dude for the time, which ruled out most of the factors that could more readily explain why he didn't know what an iPhone was, such as being older, being from a country or culture that has little access to technology, being inebriated, etc. So, that's pretty much where the story ends. Was he just some improv actor using me as part of his sketch? Maybe he'd been in prison and somehow never heard any news about the last decade's technological advancements? Honestly, he could have just been one of the countless weirdos in NYC who do baffling things for no apparent reason. But then, what if he wasn't? To this day, the memory of him still vaguely makes me think of a sim, like from the game series, as though he'd been programmed to look and play the part of a person, but lacked actual cultural knowledge. I've also considered that maybe he was a time traveler coming from a period close enough to our time that he could get by unnoticed, but he got tripped up when it came to modern technology. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I've come up with a million ways that this could be explained away by something entirely mundane, and while I love listening to stories about glitches, I'm actually extremely skeptical of simulation and alternate reality theories. So I'm not trying to reach and see this as something just because I want it to be, I just truly have no answers for this. Living in New York City, I encounter strange people every time I step outside. I have had at least one head-scratching experience per day. Weird stuff was so frequent that I never even processed or questioned it, meaning I basically forgot about most of it. So, why has this one experience always stuck with me, and in such clear detail, when I've witnessed things a hundred times more outrageous? Why does this nag at the back of my mind every time I listen to other people share their creepy true stories? Why, of all people on their cell phones around the two of us that night, did the guy decide to approach me? Maybe this was nothing at all but I've never been able to shake the feeling that it was... something. And the one question that I'll never get out of my mind is... Who exactly did I meet that night? A few years ago, I was on a trip to Chicago with my school... On the last evening of our trip, I was paying for my supper with a $20 bill, realizing that I had two 20 bills left in my wallet. The next day, while on our way home, we stopped at a big truck stop where I was wanting something from McDonald's. 
I opened my wallet, paid with a $20 bill, and realized I still had two $20 bills left in my wallet. I was completely flabbergasted. I checked my wallet and I had the receipt from supper the night before, so my fear of accidentally not paying was relieved. And I guess thanks to the Matrix for giving me $20. This is a recent story. I've managed to hopefully be able to articulate this as it is somewhat logistics-based. So, I live close to an intersection of two main roads. Road A heading north and south and Road B heading west and east. I live on Road A. On the corner of this intersection is a collection of three small shops that share the same building. I live two driveways up from that, roughly 250 meters from the intersection. My sister lives off of a service road of Road B, about 10 houses up, roughly 450 meters from the intersection. I know this is specific, but it's relevant. It's about a six-minute walk from my house to hers. The walk to the entrance of the service road would be about a four- to five-minute walk. Not to mention, there is a relative incline at the beginning of Road B. I had to run to my sister's house as she tends to... borrow things without telling me, and forgets to bring them back. I needed to grab my vacuum. I went to get in my car and remembered that it was bin day. I proceeded to grab my bin and began to walk it to the side of the road where, at the end of my driveway... There was a couple walking by heading up my street, north, away from the intersection. A man in a green tracksuit, which I thought to be quite the look for a man of his age, and the woman was in a similar pink tracksuit. They looked to be in their later years, I would say late 60s. After a polite little back and forth, you go, no you go, I allowed them to pass first. I rolled my bin to the curb and got in my car and pulled to the end of my driveway to do a loop through two back roads to avoid traffic lights and cars, etc. The old left and then left again if you're in Australia. I have timed the trip. It takes approximately 1 minute and 25 seconds to make the car ride. I'd be happy to give it 2 minutes if it's busy and I can't turn onto road B immediately from the back road. However, it wasn't busy, as it was 11am on a Sunday. As I turned left out of my driveway, I saw the couple had proceeded maybe another 50 meters before crossing the street, and now from the left side, which we were originally on the right side of the road, and stopped to look at some furniture that was on the street for hard rubbish collection. I proceed with my one and a half minute drive to see my sister, when pulling into the service road, who do I see? The couple in their tracksuits, now heading towards my sister's house. Now, I know it was them because, again, I had to stop and let them pass as the service road is gravel, and to avoid a large pothole, you need to drive slightly on the footpath. So, I have a good 5-10 to 10 seconds of taking this all in before I can drive past. 
I stop at my sister's driveway and very confused. As I get out to open her gates, they walk past with no interaction at all. Even if it was possible that these people are marathon sprinters who were heading north, and then a minute later were heading west and uphill, without breaking a single sweat in their 60s, covering a distance that even me as a 27-year-old female couldn't cover in that time, I had literally just interacted with them within minutes, and they acted like I was a stranger. I do know that I am a stranger, but not even confusion. It's just like they were literally copied and pasted, and I just can't work it out. I've gotten my sister to walk from the spot that I last saw them towards her house, from where I turned down the first side street, and she can't make it there before me without breaking into a sprint. So, to Mr. Green and his little wife, if you were Usain Bolt in disguise, well, you got me. If not, your programmer's messed up. Preface. No drugs were involved and no history of schizophrenia, psychosis, etc. I just want to add that this happened while I was laid off and not long after, I also received a job offer using the same technique. A 55% raise over my last role, which was well paying to begin with. Okay, so let's get into it now. <laughs> this story might have been the definition of F around and find out. I've been lurking here for a couple of months and had originally tried to share this in a Neville Goddard sub, only for it to get denied or just never see the light of day. Then, I realized it might actually be better suited here. Long story short, I started tampering with the Law of Assumption a few months ago. If you're not familiar with it, the Neville Goddard sub is a good intro. The long and short of it is that it's a specific manifestation technique. Anyways, there was one particular experiment that I did that left me shocked for days. Based on the title, I know it may seem silly, but let me explain. The story goes back to early December of last year. I was craving chicken pad thai one day and decided, you know what? Let me try to do this with Pad Thai and prove that I can be specific. The intention behind this wasn't to get free Pad Thai, but to prove something else unequivocally to myself. Choosing something trivial was just to make it easier. And so I got to work with visualization, and a few days later, some friends invited me over for dinner. They had made orange chicken and rice, and I tell the universe, or myself, Okay, close, but no. I want chicken pad thai. I go back to the drawing board and pinpoint what I needed to change. This time I focused on seeing the noodles, the scallions, the cashews, the chicken, and I imagined the taste as best as I could. I even imagined the place and manner in which this might happen, and then I just dropped it. Fast forward a couple of days... I was out doing Uber Eats for a bit, and just as I was about to head home, I get an order from this place I would occasionally go, but not often, and where I had gotten to know some of the guys. 
on my way, I think. Man, I'm so hungry. I hope they give me free food. Mind you, they hadn't given me any free food up to that point. Also, they had zero knowledge that chicken pad thai is my favorite dish. On top of this, they're also a storefront for five other virtual restaurants. Chinese food is their main one, and then Vietnamese, Japanese, Thai, and wings, and then one other that I can't recall, meaning the menu options were at least 50+. plus. Anyway, I pull up and one of the guys I know is there, and he says, Are you hungry? And I go, Ugh, yeah, starved. And then he goes, I saved something. I've been waiting all day to give it to someone special. Do you like chicken fried rice? And I go, I love chicken fried rice. So it's established that it's chicken fried rice. Allegedly. We chat a bit, and I leave with my free food, thinking, Okay, not pad thai, but I'm still grateful. I'm mulling it over in my head while driving and pulling over for my next pickup. As I'm sitting in my car, I glance over at the box and think, What if it's somehow chicken pad thai? For some reason, I suddenly got really nervous and approached the box with trepidation. As I'm unpacking it, I stop cold when I had cracked it just enough to peek inside. You guys, I kid you not. Inside, pad, tie. My jaw dropped, and I'm pretty sure I stopped breathing for a bit. And as all this is happening... Some rando guy comes up to my window asking for my number, too. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but I'm a little busy having a meltdown right now. Anyways, it was so overwhelming that I bawled afterwards, and I went on a very long drive that night. So, it begs the question, which came first? The chicken fried rice or the chicken pad thai? Was it always chicken pad thai, or did I jump into a reality halfway through where it changed? As ridiculous as it sounds, this little bit of trickery is what made me start exploring the possibility of parallel dimensions. I would also love to hear your thoughts. This incident happened when I was 10 years old. I spent many happy summers at my grandparents' home in a small North Texas town. My sister and I usually spent a few weeks there every summer. One of our regular activities was to walk about a quarter of a mile to a little playground, where we would meet up with our cousins and other friends to play on the slides and swings and monkey bars. We would usually take a shortcut through a neighbor's field, they didn't mind, and then the park was in sight. One hot, dry day, I set off to the park on my own. My sister wanted to stay behind for some reason. I walked a short distance down the road and entered the neighbor's field. There was a fire ban that summer because of the dry, hot weather. His field was very typical for the region. Scraggly, mesquite, and hackberry trees, and a lot of weeds. I'd been walking for a few minutes without really paying attention to anything, when I became aware that it was suddenly cooler, darker, and slightly humid. I looked up and was astounded. 
The short, scruffy mesquite trees were gone. Instead, I was surrounded by very tall, wispy, dark green trees, similar to the cypress trees in Louisiana. They don't grow in this area, but with leaves almost like ferns. The trees were quite close together, far more densely than the mesquite and hackberry. They were very tall, about 30 feet tall, and almost blocked out the sky. The fresh, unmistakable scent of rain was in the air. I looked down at my feet, and I was shocked to see my sneakers sinking slightly into the mud. There could not possibly be mud in the field, as there had been no significant rainfall for months. I heard a chittering sound nearby, and I almost jumped out of my skin. I looked down to my left and saw two tiny, squirrel-like animals. They had short, tufted tails and huge black eyes. They stared and chattered at me, as if amused. I couldn't comprehend what had happened to me on my short walk. I decided to keep walking. A few minutes later, I saw a glimpse of the playground through the dense, dark trees and began walking faster. I didn't look back until I actually saw my cousins and heard their voices. When I did look back, everything was back to normal. Dry, scraggly trees and dry grass. My sneakers were still wet though and slightly sloshing. I said nothing to the other kids about my experience. I have told a few people my strange experience as I got older, and nobody had any explanation for it. I still remember that day as if it was yesterday. So, this happened a few years ago. Myself and my girlfriend were having two friends, one female, one male, over for the weekend, all in one room with multiple beds. Added context, the female friend, we'll call her Emma, was my girlfriend's, who we're going to call Rachel, close friend from her hometown. As teenagers, they both lived in the same small village, and Emma knew Rachel's family very well. Rachel's grandmother, whom she lived with at the time, was an abusive and very devout Catholic. It was rough. We're getting dressed one morning to go pick up some snacks for the day, casually talking and getting ready. I'm actively having a conversation with Emma as we're both getting dressed. I'm looking at her, she's pulling up her trousers, and suddenly hear a little tiny noise. Metallic. Like a jewelry chain. Emma looks at her hand, and she's suddenly holding a rosary. She looks confused as hell. She looks at Rachel and says, Is this yours? Rachel looks at the rosary and, equally confused, confirms this was indeed hers. However, she then goes on to say that there's no way that this could even be here. This was a rosary her grandmother gave her only a few years prior. She's not Catholic herself, so when she moved away, she didn't even bring it with her. She didn't care about the rosary. The rosary is now ripped. Rachel said that she had left it intact. Furthermore, the rosary was made of wooden beads. It had a very distinctive rose scent to it. Notes that's not uncommon. 
I've seen and smelled these before in my life, and that smell lasts pretty much forever. Rachel goes to smell it, I go to smell it, and the smell is completely gone. Nobody really knows what to think of this. We're all feeling various degrees of uncomfortable at the thought of an old rosary that's appeared in someone's hand out of nowhere. I half-jokingly said to Rachel, This might be some sort of sign. Maybe your grandmother died and is going to haunt you now. We leave the house and decided to throw away the rosary just in case. We're not keen on inviting any weird energy into our lives. Approximately two weeks later, Rachel's grandmother passes away. It's been about six years, and I still don't know how to explain this. After I graduated from high school, I moved a couple of places to be out of my parents' house. I decided to move back with my mom for a brief time while taking some college classes. My other siblings had moved out and were also on their own. Every once in a while, one of us would briefly move back in with our mom. At this time, it's just my mom and I in this four-bedroom, two-bathroom house. My mom is an elementary teacher and would be gone by the time I would get up to get ready for school, noon classes. One day, I'm getting up to start my day. I get in the shower, and I hear my mom come home. She's always in a hurry. I hear her walking down the hallway past the bathroom that I'm in, and I think she's just forgotten something and is rushing during her lunch break. Then, I hear her high heels again, and I hear her knock on the door and start talking. I couldn't audibly make out the words, but I can hear her voice. At this time, I'm washing my hair, and I say, Hold on, I can't hear you, I'm about to get out. I finish rinsing my hair and start getting out of the shower. I wrap a towel around me and start heading to her room. I'm saying, Sorry, I was washing my hair, what were you saying? As I'm entering her room, I don't see her. I start walking to her bathroom and say, Mom? There's no one in her bathroom either. I look out her window to see if I can see her car in the driveway. No, her car is not there. I'm a little weirded out, but think that maybe she was in a really big hurry and couldn't wait that extra three minutes for me. So, as I'm still in her bathroom, I decide to call her, in case she was asking me to do something. When she answers, she sounded annoyed with a bunch of rowdy first graders in the background. I ask, Were you just at the house? She replies, No, I'm at work. What did you want? I don't tell her what happened, I just reply, Sorry, I'll talk to you later. At that moment, I felt a chill. I was literally talking to something mimicking my mom. I could hear her voice and her footsteps. I was talking back to this entity that was not my mother. At this realization, I just changed and grabbed my things and left the house. This was before I'd even heard of glitches in the Matrix, but maybe it was that? Or something creepier?
Hey, Raven. I hope all is well. Here's my glitch story. A few years ago, I was changing clothes and just put my dirty clothes, including my socks, on the middle of my bedroom floor out of laziness. A couple of days go by with me lazily adding to the mess that my room was, completely covering that pair of socks. About three days after placing the socks on the floor, I was getting out of my pajamas for bed. When I was opening the drawer where I had my PJs, I was surprised to see the socks inside the drawer. I don't share a room with anyone, and I didn't have any friends over as my room was an absolute mess. There'd be no reason for my parents or my sister to sift through all the junk on my floor just to put dirty socks in a random drawer, so no way it was one of them. I'm still so confused to this day, especially given the randomness of the socks taking a few days before randomly relocating. This morning, I was getting my son ready to go to kindergarten, changing clothes, diapers, fixing his hair, and making sure he had all his things to play with outside. You know how it is. And I would say one of the most difficult, practical things about young children is getting them dressed. It's still winter where we live, so the added layers take all the more time, and it doesn't help that my son goes limp like a ragdoll every time I have to change him. That's or runs away. I've noticed that one of his jackets, a fleece-lined waterproof coat for between seasons, is getting a little small and the zipper is janky. The jacket will zip up like normal, but since it doesn't have a double zipper, will split up from the bottom and come unzipped, leaving the jacket merely connected by wherever the top part of the zipper is. Last night, my husband picked up our son and brought him home. And the last thing I remember about that jacket was taking it off by pulling his arms out of the sleeves and then popping his head out of the jacket, as the zipper was stuck at the top, making a small exit hole to get him out. I made a mental note that he needed a new jacket soon and moved on with the night. The morning was when I went to put the jacket back on, forgetting the orientation of the coat in its broken state. I was too preoccupied self-regulating myself from the sheer annoyance and rage I feel at putting on all these annoying layers, and how unhelpful my son is, to recall how the coat should have been. All I remember is that I put his jacket on like normal, as in I slipped his arms through the sleeves and made a note to zip up his jacket once we got out of the house and down the stairs to the car. In my mind, the jacket was on no problem and it actually was. But as we left the house, I realized that my son was wearing the jacket as he had been wearing it the night before, with the top part of the zipper zipped up all the way, with the rest of the zipper splitting up in two, broken. But this simply couldn't be. It was a hassle getting his head out of this jacket last night. I would have remembered and noticed it right away this morning. But it's like the jacket just glitched for me to put it on him, like, it was unzipped completely as I put it on, but then went back to being zipped up and broken once it was on last night. I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of convenient. I kind of wish the glitch happened every morning and my son was magically dressed by himself, but I'll take what I can get. 
this is my first time posting to this sub, and this also happened a while ago, so bear with me as I try to recall the story. Also, I don't write stuff like this often, so it's probably going to be written horribly. Now, I always try to look for the logical reasoning behind a weird occurrence, which I don't have many of, but this experience... Man, I have no idea how I could even try to explain it. Back in 2015, my mother and I were returning from the mall after doing some last-minute prom shopping. Unfortunately, we left just as rush hour started. Anyone who lives in the city knows how nightmarish rush hour can get. I had this urge to look out the driver's side window, and I spotted my grandma in the car next to us. It was even the same make and model that she always drove. At first, I thought, what a coincidence, she's on the same road as us. I remember pointing her out to my mother, who did a double take and muttered something about how she didn't realize my grandma was back from vacation. I'd completely forgotten that she was in Mexico, and lived two hours away from us. This woman beside us had everything my grandma had. The same mole glasses, the same assortment of beads and air fresheners hanging from her mirror, it was her. But when we tried to get her attention, she just didn't seem to notice us. Or maybe she was ignoring us. Either way, she ended up turning off the highway. When we got home, I ran to my room and checked Facebook, her go-to social media. She had just posted a recent picture of her swimming in the ocean, still in Mexico. I messaged her to ensure that she was still on vacation, and lo and behold, she was. I told my mom, and she explained it as we saw someone that looked exactly like her. I would generally accept that explanation if it weren't for all the items and defining features that confirmed that woman was, in fact, my grandmother. To this day, I have no idea what happened. This really pains me to write out, as it's the single most creepy and saddening event that has ever happened to me. When I was in 7th grade, I had a crush on another middle schooler. I would sometimes daydream of me being sad and him caring about me and cheering me up. One day, I had a really specific daydream, where I would tell my crush that my great-grandma passed. To be more specific, I imagined what day it would happen, which I randomly thought of as November 9th a few days following the daydream. A little background, my dad leaves for work early in the morning, and I had never previously woken up from any noise that he has made. Until November 9th, I woke up to the sound of my dad pretty quietly telling my mom that my great-grandmother had passed overnight, which he learned from my grandparents. I froze. How did I know my great-grandma would pass on that specific day? She wasn't getting sick really fast or anything like that around the time that I had the daydream. She was just older and in the nursing home. I guess sometimes I'm really in tune with the universe. Hi, Raven. 
I've been listening to many of your glitch stories recently and had to send you this description of what happened to me last week. It's not quite as involved or exciting as many of your listeners' stories, but it still freaks me out. Last week, I came home from working an overnight as a home health aide at 8am. Usually by then my husband has left for work, but sometimes his red Chevy Avalanche is still there if he's running a little late or working from home. On this morning, I pulled into the driveway noting that his truck was gone. I walked into the door and started talking to our needy pets and getting ready to feed them when I saw him sitting in his chair in the living room. I did a double take and asked where he came from and where his truck was. He just looked at me quizzically and said that he wasn't feeling well, so he was working from home. I looked out the window and there was his truck. Now, normally, I would just chalk this up to my sleep deprivation, though I do sleep a bit on my shift, combined with my expectation of not seeing his truck. But I specifically thought to myself, shoot, I have to deal with the needy pets now that he's gone. My driveway is tiny. We have a one-car garage, and his truck is red. Hard to miss. So, as I said, not the most exciting glitch, but I'm very disturbed because if this wasn't a glitch, then I really can't trust my senses. How did I not see his big red truck? Alright, so to put things into context, I'm a big dude. I mean, big. Six foot five, 350 plus pounds. With that being said, this means that when I'm in the driver's seat of my 03 Lexus RX 300, there is not a lot of wiggle room. At all. As for the glitchy keys, I came across this lanyard that I got from work in the parking lot of a grocery store. I thought that I would try to put my keys on the lanyard and keep them around my neck. Why? Who knows? Because I've never done this. I went into the store, grabbed a few items, and left. When I got back to my car, I checked my pocket for my keys, and then remembered they were around my neck. I unlocked my ride, put the few bags of groceries in the back, got into the driver's seat, and yet again checked my pocket for my keys. I then remembered that, once more, they were around my neck. I took them off from around my neck, realized that I didn't care for the whole lanyard-keys combo, and while my car key was in the ignition, I undid the plastic clip that's on all lanyards. My house keys and work locker keys were not attached to the same ring as my car key, and they fell straight down. I heard and felt them hit the floor mat, and I thought to myself, I'll just grab them when I get out at the house. It'd be too much work to try and bend over to reach and grab around aimlessly in the already snug space of my tiny SUV. I drive home, and when I got out, I went to reach for the keys, and then it glitched. No keys. I looked everywhere in the vehicle for those keys, I did all but take the seats out. I even went back to the store and checked the parking lot and the lost and found on three separate occasions, even though I never got out after the keys fell and hit the ground. 
I still haven't found the keys, and I'm still waiting for them to hopefully reappear. This happened about two months ago, and I still can't get over it. I can't explain what happened today, and I've never come across anything like it in my life. I literally cannot stop thinking about it. Today, as I was leaving work after a meeting and driving home on my all-too-familiar route, and before anyone asks, yes, I was sober, and no, I wasn't under the influence of any drugs. I also have no mental health issues, nor am I under any abnormal stress. Anyway, I was coming to a turn off the road and there was a car in front of me that had stopped to let the traffic pass. They had the right-of-way. This is a popular crossing for people trying to skip the road. As I came to a stop, I noticed a woman wanting to cross. She stood out to me instantly as she was carrying a Tesco bag at a weird angle. Instead of holding it by the straps, she had the opening curled up and was holding it out from her chest. She appeared to be in her mid-fifties and was wearing a woolly hat, parka jacket, and the hood up. She hurt my little heart, as you could tell that she didn't have much money, and she had a sad expression on her face. I waved my hand to signal to her to go ahead and cross in front of me, and she gave a gentle nod to thank me. I thought nothing of it until I traveled about 10 minutes in the direction of which she was coming from. As I pulled to a set of red lights, I put on my handbrake and someone caught my eye to the left of my vision. It was the exact same woman. Same clothing, carrying the same bag, heading in the same direction she was originally headed towards. This happened at 2.30ish p.m., and it is now 10pm. I can't stop thinking about it. It would be almost impossible for her to get there ahead of me via means of transport or walking. I know the buses that pass this route, and none of them passed me. I thought that maybe she caught a ride of someone, but again, I would have been ahead of them. And to get to where I spotted her the second time... You'd have to go around yourself, adding around 20 minutes extra journey time. I'm a skeptical person, so I told my wife, and she just kind of laughed it off and didn't take me seriously. Anyone have any ideas or similar stories? I'm really trying to make sense of this for my own sanity. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. 
I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.